0: You'll know when you have a
1: wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create.
2: This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating the space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Born Wild podcast. These are your hosts, Leah
1: and Sophia. Nina and Emma, we have no idea where they are. We hope they're sleeping.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The students are sleeping. Um, Today, we have a really special, fun guest, um, Erica Davis. She is gonna talk to us about elimination communication, um, which is something that clients of mine definitely ask about. um, And I've sort of seen it come and go as far as being a hot topic, Um, but I'm really excited to have you. So welcome, Erica, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Do um,
2: uh, uh, you want to just jump in and tell us a little bit about you and
0: yeah. kind
2: of connection to that is?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, my name is Erica. Hello. Um, I, oh, I love slash hate doing these like little intro bios, right? Because you have to be <laughs> like, who am I today? Grab um, about yourself, please. Right. Um, first and foremost, I've, I've, I'm a mother, mm-hmm. I'm a mother to my two and a half year old son, Buzz. Um, I'm a wife and um, yeah, um, my family and I have moved quite a bit and we have um, got back to the States after like a decade overseas and we're about to move again in about a month. Where
1: were so you overseas?
0: We were in Australia for two years and then before that we were in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and really happy to be back here now, living with family now and and I, I guess I say that because my, my job and my, my titles have changed so much as we've, we've moved around. But the, the ones that remain are mother, wife, and woman. And I'm always trying to become better versions of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how did I find elimination communication? I, I believe I heard um, Andrea Olson on the Free Birth Society podcast. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like the, you know, The queen of all elimination communication and um I love her and I love all of her content and um but there's a lot of it I found that there is a lot of it and it it can be a little overwhelming so
1: I wonder um, if I should pause you and that you should tell the listeners what elimination communication, communication is, is. Someone who's like <laughs> yeah what, what is it talking about yeah yeah
0: so yeah what is elimination communication it's quite a mouthful we often say ec to make it easier um but it's um a way to communicate with your child and to really to listen to their communication as to when they need to use the toilet so that they are not going pee and poop in their um in their diaper which it's it's a really simple concept but it's also very profound um, w- when you really embrace it and implement it into your life and your children's life. So
1: and we have yeah. children and then you say like when they need to use the toilet, I'm thinking and others might be thinking maybe two years old or something like that. Sure. But you're referring to like from womb.
0: Yeah. Like, so you can do this definitely from like day one, mm-hmm. the day you give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know, um, families that have started around two years old, Mm-hmm. who, you know, they've done the more traditional diaper route and then they hear about elimination communication. Um, and it, you know, like it, it can look a lot like potty training, but it's just done in a really respectful way where the lines of communication are open between you and your child. Um, and, and, and there's an understanding and an acknowledgement that your, your baby or your child um, has the ability to hold it and does not want to sit in their excrement. So there's, it. if you, with that knowledge, then you start to communicate in kind of a different way. Um, so I fell in love with it the first time I heard of the concept. I wasn't even pregnant yet, I was planning on it. Um, and I just thought it sounded amazing. So, is that me dinging? I hope not.
1: I don't hear anything. Maybe it
0: is. Oh, you know, that's probably me, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think I turned it off. Yeah. So um, I embraced it from birth and, you know, I would say we've had great success with it. And really the only thing you need for success is, is kind of a commitment. Um, And I know that before we started, you had mentioned that a lot of people feel overwhelmed with this idea that it's all or nothing, and it's definitely not. And I'd love to dispel that because you can use, you can be committed to EC, but use it to the degree that works for your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what's most important because we all have different family systems and, and jobs and whatever. Um, and I really think that anyone can kind of make it work and embrace like one or two pieces that
1: mm-hmm.
0: that feels right for them.
1: Yeah, so what did it look like for you? Were you also diapering? Um, and like at what yeah. point did you work on the elimination communication?
0: So I think yeah, I'm glad you said that there there can be a misconception that you don't use diapers. Mm-hmm. And I know that like Andrea Olson often has the tagline of diaper free and that can be a bit, um, there can be some misconception there because you still use diapers, mm-hmm. but diapers are the backup, rather than the primary place to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So you know, of course this is going to depend on where you live, what the weather's like, like what your house is like, or do you have carpeted floors or you have, do you have hardwood floors? What are you like down for? But you, you know, most. do you
1: own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, you know, are you, are you comfortable with having a naked baby all the time? Some may say yes and no. I mean, when it was summertime and I lived in Australia, like we were very happy for a baby to be naked and we can respond to those cues and um but like logistically diapers make sense. And you, you certainly still use diapers in EC. So yeah, we use them, um, but we use them as the backup and you start, um, yeah, you start listening to your, to your baby signals, um, the cues that they give you. And then,
1: which would be what, for example?
0: Yeah. So all kids are different. Um, but you know, there's some like real, obvious ones like when kids are going poop it's very obvious right like yeah, the, yeah. I, I, right like they get red faced like their stomach starts to bear down they may even make sounds so that in ec we call um there's like easy catches mm-hmm. catch meaning you got the the pee or the poo in your chosen receptacle mm-hmm. as in not in the diaper mm-hmm. so an easy catch is poop because you usually have time and it's very obvious
1: do you feel Um, like it's still very obvious in the infant stage um when it's more like liquidy or does the cue look different when they're younger and it's poop
0: yeah their their cues will like be constantly changing and this is why I love EC is because it's a constant feedback loop you can't get like um yes there's some consistency but like children are developing and changing and they're, you know, they're having these developmental cognitive leaps. They're able to move their body in new ways. So things are constantly going to be changing. Um, But then that's for you to really connect deeply to your child and see the reflection of what, how your communication styles need to change. Um, But, you know, a newborn baby, there's so much room or like variation in terms of how much they're going to poop, you know, like some newborns are going to poop five times a day. I know for some, it'll be like once a week. Right. So it's, it's really going to depend on your own baby. Um, and I think when they are really small, the cues can be more subtle, but I know that we're all on the same page of like, ideally baby is skin to skin with mom. Everyone's naked in bed and fully connected. So, you know, I've, I've found, and I I would love to like actually get, um look into this but my child would never suckle and go pee or poo at the same time yeah. so that meant if I was breastfeeding and he popped off the boob or he would stop and just like look at me like that was a cue <laughs> mm-hmm. because I knew the latch was good I knew flow was good um, so it was often something else and so it's hard to to have like universal cues as they get older there will be like you know they'll like grab their crotch Mm -hmm. or they'll like look down Mm -hmm. and those things can be um really obvious but in the early stages it's really for mama and baby to I mean they're already one you know so just um fostering that connection and and letting mama like really trust her instincts Mm -hmm. um but like also, you probably will get peed and pooed on. <laughs> like, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially with a like a exclusively breastfed baby, like their pee and poo is so innocuous. <laughs> like it, it is you, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. If you had somebody reaching out to you who was like just beginning and is like, I'm not even sure what cues to look for, yeah. are there certain um, like quote unquote protocols that you might say, like, oh, try when your baby first wakes up or yes. try or like anything like that.
0: where it's Yeah, like so if, leg, I were, if I were going to teach EC to someone, I would, I would tell them about these two concepts. And one of them are what I had kind of referred to before are the easy catches. So you just said one is when you wake up, mm-hmm. um, transitions when you get in and out of the car seat, in and out of the um, stroller, in and out of the baby carrier, um, poops, Mm-hmm. and so like there are timings that you can really stick with and I know um, for some families that's all they do is they do the easy catches another one is that diaper change time you just you offer the potty or it's called a potty tunity <laughs> um mm-hmm. but then the the other way to do this like the other concept is called observation time and this is when you preferably get baby naked or have them in really light clothing so that you can tell immediately that they've gone pee. And this is when you're really observing as, as it would suggest the name observation time. You're really just watching your baby and noticing what their individual cues are. Mm-hmm. So you know, for some people observation time, like having baby naked and spending an hour or so that might not actually work for their lives. So then I would say, just stick to the easy catches do it when you wake up, do it at diaper changes, do it when you get in and out of the car, or go to the cafe, whatever. Um, and then for some people like my, myself, I, I did both. I did observation time and the easy catches. Um, and I, I do recommend observation time, like if, it, if you can make that work, because it's, it's really precious time too, that we don't often spend with our child like you have to put the phone away you have to turn off the music like there's no toys like you're just there with your baby um which like sounds like a really like simple concept but like that level of connection and like non-distraction is pretty um
2: Mm -hmm.
0: rare
1: yeah and when you say like when your baby wakes up to offer potty time can Mm -hmm. you kind of describe like what that looks like like what are they doing are they holding their baby over the toilet or bowl? Are they like, are they giving their baby cues or are they just like kind of waiting Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes?
0: So you can have um, sounds that go with um, your potty-tunity. So Mm -hmm. whenever I would hold Buzz, that's my son's name, in position to go pee, because usually they're gonna go pee in the morning, we'd make a sound so that became like the sound association um mm-hmm. some people like to do sign language they incorporate that as well i never did that but i know you can um and then you the, the position you the
1: listeners what that would look like no <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god i mean my my husband loves doing i mean he still does it now and our child is two and a half he like makes the like poo sounds and he's like, <laughs> and he's like <laughs> I'm like wow what do you know my husband loves to make poo sounds <laughs> like um done well will too i'm sure oh and he does now like he'll yeah. be like mama boo i'm like okay cool <laughs> it's great um yeah so you the way that you hold your baby is essentially you're you're mimicking a deep squat which is the the optimal position you know physiologically for us to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. so you hold like you hold them behind the knees and then um you can hold them over the toilet we often did it over the sink you know again when they're exclusively breastfed it's it's like what are you down for and in my sink in my house I was cool with that yeah (laughs) um you can all you can totally do this without any like things or supplies um or of course there's like accessories and things that you can buy um like the top hat potty and the mini potty these are all made by um Andrea Olson's brand. And those are really handy so that like, you know, when you wake up and um, in your diaper changing station, you also have one of these potties. So it just becomes a part of um, your routine and what you do. And it, it's quite easy. I mean, you can also use like an empty ice cream container, (laughs) you know, like it, you don't have to buy these things. Um, And I, I really um, Rochelle of innate traditions mentioned like you don't need anything for this and because of that it's indigenous to us all you know there's and and i love that like it's it truly is indigenous to us all like and then there's plenty of cultures that still do this and there's not even a term for it right it's just called parenting like (laughs) they don't have like a little saying for it Mm -hmm. um so
1: it is the default yeah yeah yeah. and
0: even in america it would have been like disposables were invented in um the early 60s it's not that long ago Yeah,
1: yeah i think i had heard about i don't know where it was in the world but um more like a tribal community and they had talked about you know ec as in like if they if the baby pooped and they didn't like quote-unquote catch it they Mm -hmm. called it like a miss for them like that they missed the cue and they took it on themselves versus like their child had an accident you know the child's just doing what it needs to do and they missed the cue Um, that's
0: exactly right and in that you can release a lot of shame Mm -hmm. um, for your children because I mean how common is it that like you know someone will change a a, a diaper, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is disgusting!" Like, "Oh, you shit your pants!" Like, mm-hmm. and and not that there's an intentional shaming behind it, but there is. There's guilt and shame behind that. Um, and you know, our culture is so steeped in shame around going to the bathroom, which you know you can't eat and nourish yourself without then eliminating. You know, they are part of the same cycle. Um, And as mothers, we put a lot of focus, beautiful focus on nourishing our babies and on breastfeeding. And then there's kind of this empty, like on the flip side of it, well, then how are we, how are we still like nourishing our child um, beyond like a physical way, but on a, like a mental and spiritual way of then releasing that without shame and knowing that they're like vital vital (laughs) to us. So, and everyone does it. So
1: I did EC with my son who actually had a colostomy bag for a year. So we were not catching poops, but we were catching peas and it was so neat to see him go. Um, and we had, yeah, one of the little top hats. Um, and my thought was that we would continue like after he had his reversal and, um, you know, um, he was pooping in diapers, um, But it just, it got complicated. He ended up having heart surgery and we couldn't like hold him in certain ways, like under the arms. And we were just, we just had to like release it. But um, Mm. if I ever had another child, it's um, something I'd definitely be interested in. I had somebody come over to my house, this woman I was connecting with, and she brought her, I want to say the baby was like three or four months old. And she took the baby out of the car seat. Uh, like unsnapped its little onesie or whatever mm. and held it over my plants and you know yes. and baby, <laughs> I love that but I remember like she didn't even take a diaper off and I was like oh, you are the bravest wow. woman ever you like that <laughs> baby was in a car seat without a diaper on I was like oh my gosh I have to know more and more about this it was so shocking to me and so funny to see how tiny a baby looks without a
0: diaper on oh my god right like their bums aren't like that yes (laughs) I mean I still struggle to find pants like -hmm. we have to we have to buy pants that are a couple sizes too short and they're always ending up being like high waters on him but otherwise the butt's all saggy Mm -hmm. you know it's harder to find clothes for yeah um that's that's amazing and I, I think too that like yeah there's this feeling of like ooh, it's like risky and brave to go out without a diaper. And it does feel that way. And the first time you do it, you're like, oh. Um, but then if like, you know, if they pee their pants, like whatever, you have another outfit, you get over it. But yeah. that's a perfect example of an easy catch. Like you get out of the car seat, like where that little baby would have been sitting with like pressure on her Yoni, you know, like it kind of well, nearly holding it for her. And same with if they're in, like if you're wearing your baby, the, when you release them like it would make sense that like they mean need to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and yeah. I'll tell you like I never once did my child go in the car seat mm-hmm. yeah it's like <laughs> they just really start to learn that you are going to give them a chance to go so why not wait and hold it because they have the ability to hold it
1: and it's kind of like giving your child more credit, you know, like that they're yes. smarter. They're not just like soiling themselves mm-hmm. in their sleep, you know, like that it just could happen at any time and there's, you know, no control over it. Um, do you have any stats on EC and maybe how it relates to like, do children end up being potty trained at an earlier age? Or oh yeah. Like that.
0: So yeah, I would, I would love to see someone do some research on EC. Um, mm-hmm because I don't, I don't actually, I don't have any stats on EC. I can tell you like the flip side stats of, um, that like prior to, um, disposable diapers and probably there's some like leeway. I know, like I was born in the mid eighties. I know that I was cloth diapered and I was probably like potty trained by before two years old and back in like before disposable diapers, before the sixties, most children would have been potty trained by like a year and a half. would have been more of the standard in america um and nowadays it's more like three three and a half um and the reason i bring up the the diapers is because like the diaper industry is truly an industry it's a billion dollar industry and it it preys on how under-resourced and stressed out and you know how busy we all are um but yeah the the amount of trash that we're creating with disposable diapers is is staggering um you know about a third of the waste and landfills in the world are disposable diapers yeah
1: i think i saw something that said if christopher columbus was cloth or like disposable diapered like his still wouldn't have been like yeah
0: you know correct Yeah, every single disposable diaper that has ever been made still exists somewhere in a landfill. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all full of human feces as well, you know, like, so I mean, we're all worried about like methane and cows farting, but like, I don't know, maybe we should be a little bit worried about all those diapers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also want to say that this is not to shame yeah. anyone because i mean we're talking about shame for our children but we can also talk about it with ourselves of um you know this is really far out of our realm of reality and you know if you've used disposable diapers or if you potty trained your child at three like you're not a bad parent like a lot of us don't know about this and we don't have we don't have an example of it i mean it's becoming more um talked about especially in like conscious mother um Circles, which is amazing. I think it's really great, um, but there's a long ways to go in society. Just like when I told people I was free birthing, they're like, "What the fuck? Like you're crazy." And then you tell them that you're going to do EC, and it's kind of the same thing. And they're like, "Oh, yeah, good idea. That'll work." <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Were you going to say something, Leah? I thought I heard you.
2: Yeah. Um, it was. I was just going to toss in. So I. Um, I have two daughters. They're 11 and 13, um, which is giving me a run for my money. I'm fully potty trained. We'll see. Uh, but their dad is from Germany mm-hmm. and we moved to Germany when my first daughter was around nine months old. And while we were, we were there for like a little over a year. Um, and I worked at a birth center. So the first part of the day she was at you know, like a little daycare school. Um, and starting from like around that age, they just put kids on little potties. When they woke up from nap time,
0: before they went down for nap, before like <laughs>
2: it's silly so because we just don't have that here. And this mm. is, you know, I mean, I think sometimes when people think about maybe when they think about EC or about going diaperless, it's like more rural areas or like mm. country where they don't have the same access mm. to diapers or whatever, but, you know, it's just kind of built into the way that they do things there. And most children, at least in the area of Germany, we were, are fully using the potty by two. mean, yeah. two is like late. You know, like, Later.
0: get an yeah.
2: And we did cloth diapers for both of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, started, and we moved back before I had my second daughter. Um, but, you know, we continued on with the the potty, just put, I mean, and again, with our second daughter, like at six months old, I mean, as soon as she could sit up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: just, like, put her on there, and whether or not she actually went to the bathroom. Hmm. But yeah. it was like that experience and like, so when it did happen, like she started making that connection and I, you know, um, and they were both fully using potties by like 18 months, I would say. Okay. And I just remember kind of talking to people in Germany and then also just their dad being so shocked by like, <laughs> yeah. who's still worse diapers, you know? And again, it's like not wanting to shame people because it's just, it is what it is, mm. uh, but you know, it's um, it seems like trying to get your kid on a potty and out of a diaper at that age, like after two, is actually so much harder than oh just yeah, establishing like a routine before that.
0: Totally. I mean, it, imagine for th- four years of your life, you've been taught to go pee and poo in a diaper. And now you have to unlearn all of that. Like, yeah, that would be really hard. And it's confusing. Like, what message are you actually sending? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's like a huge stressor on parents, too. It's like, oh my God. You yeah. know, we have to like take time off work to like yeah. stay home and like make this whole thing happen. And I mm-hmm. think it takes the charge out of it for people to learn that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Cause the yeah. idea of just like, you know getting rid of all the diapers and just committing to this fully it's like that doesn't seem realistic for anyone's life but if yeah. it could just be like you teach them that you go in the diaper or on the potty like it's an either or thing and they grow up knowing that it just makes the switch easier
0: mm. and they it, children are communicating with us babies are communicating with us from day 1 and if we even if we're just gonna listen to the, just a few bits and pieces and give them that opportunity, then they know that you're listening. Whereas like four years down the line, they will have learned to stop communicating to you because you're not listening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just it's, that's well, why man, it's in the name, Communi- it's a communication.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you're teaching them to ignore their body's signals. Oh too.
0: yes boy like how big of a problem is that like I mean even when you go to school you have to ask like can I go to the bathroom oftentimes it's like no wait 20 minutes or yeah um and I you know even as um a fully grown adult now like I don't always know when I'm hungry and full like all of us are so messed up because we've been we've been told to yeah not listen to ourselves and to outsource our intuition to like higher ups, you know, not ourselves.
1: And follow the schedule.
0: Right. Follow is the schedule. When
1: you eat, this time Correct. is when you eat, you know. Yeah.
0: You can go pee at this time. You get to eat at this time. You have to eat all of this food, regardless if you're hungry, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it. that's what's so cool about EC is it really starts, it really just opens things up and you can start to look at how you communicate um, and treat all of these like necessary bodily functions of eating and going to the bathroom um, for yourself, like not just for your child, but for yourself, which can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. It seems like part of a general awareness, like what you brought up,
2: you know, just makes me think about formula Hmm. and just this idea of marketing something, you know, just the disposable diapers. And I think probably it sounds like chronologically a similar timeline for when disposable diapers started becoming more mainstream and then formula kind of being pushed on. I mean, there are specific groups of women that it was pushed on more, but Mm -hmm. yeah, this idea of like, Oh, you need this thing that you need to pay for when there's a free. And on the, the theme of not being black and white, like obviously as midwives, we promote breastfeeding and I assume it's going to go great and normal mm-hmm. just try to keep my hands off the process other than support. But um, sometimes babies need a little formula and sometimes cloth uh, disposable diapers work great. You know, totally. uh, I use disposables, right. mm-hmm. but just in that vein of like, I don't know, not to get all like it goes to the top, but um, do it, you, you know, <laughs> Uh, I think when you have an awareness about one thing around that it just kind of opens up your mind to other things like how much yeah how much people end up spending on on diapers Mm -hmm. when they like a mixing bowl
1: yeah well (laughs) if you think about it too like they're taking all the things that used to be free like women in supporting women in birth and Mm -hmm. breastfeeding and just like emptying your bowels and they turned it into a monopoly like we send them all to the hospital we give them this formula that they pay for and then they buy diapers to poop it you know it's like how can we make money off of things that are actually completely free
2: yeah yeah and and convincing people that they need it (laughs) that they are incapable of doing it themselves
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you're not qualified (laughs)
0: that's right well i mean and not i mean you can think about too like what's happened since the 60s like how busier our lives all are as well um so you know i i want to say like ec is easy (laughs) it is and you can do the easy catches but um to to do the observation time and to to like really really uh go for it um you 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 I don't know what I'm going to say here. You, you have to set up your life in a certain way that isn't um, fully a part of the capitalistic patriarchal like machine, (laughs) you know, like you've got to bring yourself out.
1: I can hear my friend yelling capitalism in my ear right now because like <laughs> they know. keep you so busy that you just don't yeah. have time for any of that. That's right. Yes. Pay more money to like make it all easier for you. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. again, like I. Uh,
1: but then it's not easier. Going no. to the hospital is not easier formula and washing bottles is not easier and diapering and potty training yeah. you know at a later age sounds like it's, it's not, not easier. easier
0: yeah yeah I mean I stopped cleaning poopy diapers at like five months old mm. like legitimately
1: everyone like- just like started googling who's listening <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Add- yeah
0: like let me tell you like what is possible because mm-hmm. yeah he was out of um he didn't poop in diapers after five months because that it does get really clear. And I feel like, um, yeah, maybe, you know, you can have a few misses in there. I'm going to say like, especially when baby starts eating solids and things get a little bit more like one poo a day, like it's so easy. Um, my son was out of nighttime diapers at about 11 months he probably could have been out of them sooner but we were kind of like scared like is this even fucking possible (laughs) like um and like has he wet the bed before yes like he has i'm not to you know to be full transparent um Mm -hmm. but that you know i can count on one hand how many times that's happened in the last year Mm um he's two and a half and he you know clearly tells us when he needs to go potty um and this is from us being like committed to it but also we we use diapers we use disposables like his whole first month because someone gave them to me like i feel like you always end up getting given disposable diapers because no one knows what to give a mom (laughs) so like you know um we use cloth diapers too i'm glad you mentioned cloth because i think it is a lot more common in other countries to use cloth diapers um and they go really well with EC because it gives your child more feedback as to when they're wet. Cause that's the thing too about disposables is they're all full of toxic materials that like wick away so that your child doesn't feel that they're wet. Mm-hmm. So again, it's them not, it's them basically disassociating from their body of like, you know, you can't, you can't actually feel that you've soiled yourself. Mm-hmm. So they're toxic on your baby and then they're toxic when they go in the landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I'm rambling. I don't remember what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's fine. You were just bragging about how, how, oh yes. How wonderful how it is. Diapers and, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's, you know, and that's not to say that we didn't have potty pauses um, which is a term we use when like things get hard, mm-hmm. you know, when your baby like just does not want to be held in the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it often go with like, they, they've just learned how to stand up or they're cutting a tooth, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know so there'll be times where it it will be difficult and you will start missing everything and but if you still have this like baseline understanding that your child doesn't want to shit themselves and sit in it Mm -hmm. and that you can just keep offering um yeah yeah so there's ups and downs but if you just like stay committed like that's that's what's possible it
2: seems like um you know, it's like a baseline ability to deal with like human stuff, you know, like I um, sounded simple the way I said that, I guess, but like, you know, like baby poop and things like that. Like, I feel like families who choose uh, more alternative birth choices, like, you know, home birth, um, which is what Sophie and I do, like, they're just a little more like, you know, you're choosing to be able to experience birth completely and that means mm-hmm. that you poop on yourself and other people mm-hmm. and you are loud maybe and you know you're just comfortable with like the humanness of birth and the messiness yeah. mm-hmm. so it kind of goes hand in hand maybe that like people who choose that also are like okay well my baby just crapped all over me okay mm-hmm. that totally. happens. <laughs> and you know um but our culture is so afraid of like bodily functions. And, um, you know, when I was a doula before I was a midwife in the hospital, that was always a thing of like, what if I poop on myself? Or, what if I, poop? and it's like, you're
0: like, when you poop on yourself, you mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we'll, totally. we'll
1: get excited
0: because <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby's coming. That's right.
1: Yeah. I and- remember at my birth with my son, I saw somebody walk by with a fishnet. I was in the pool and I remember thinking like, oh, thank God, I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome mm, well this was so great thank you so much if anybody is like wanting to reach out to you is there any contact information you'd like to leave or any resources yeah uh, um, can and show notes
0: I am like decidedly not really on the internet I'm <laughs> kind of hard to to like find um you can email me um because I, you know, I do support women in in any kind of stage of their life and what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll leave my email. Okay. Should I say my email? You
1: can say it and then we'll okay. include it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, cool. So it's E-D-O-T-D-A-V-I-S e dot davis at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really active in the Free Birth Society membership. That's kind of like my little corner of the internet. Um, and yeah, I just, I love that network of women. They connect me to, to more amazing women. So Before that's what I love we, about
2: it. we totally wrap up, do you, so like when you say you support women, like, are you, hmm. do you specifically EC stuff? Like if a family reached out to you, like, are you available for like consultation? Yeah. Do you do person stuff? Like what kind of is your...
0: when I was in Australia I used to do more in person I would like I would run these workshops actually EC workshops for for um for you know I'd say for parents but it's for anyone it's for caretakers it's for nannies it's you know it's for anyone um and then now that I've been living in Oregon and COVID is such a thing um mainly I'm you know on Zoom Mm -hmm. so I work with women in their in their pre and postpartum times and um I've only attended my own birth but I'm on call soon which is very exciting Ooh. to attend a birth I know mm-hmm. it's very exciting I mean we'll see but yeah. I... a or just for friends or
2: sorry say again are you a birth keeper or are you just going yeah, to... as
0: a birth keeper mm-hmm. oh. so the way that Sophie and I know each other is from RBK school
2: mm-hmm. okay
0: because we were actually in I don't know I... if we were in the same group but we were in the same i think
1: we were like the little cohort yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: yeah um so you're my life has changed
1: for anyone who's pregnant and looking for that support can you say again the area that you live in
0: yeah so that i'm about to move in a month oh (laughs) 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 this is why why i'm like not i don't really put it out there too much until we're settled so
2: we're moving
0: to north carolina um in march and But yeah, we're you know Zoom exists, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I do I do love to like work with um, parents about EC and 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 all the ways that that can like tie into conscious parenting mm-hmm. because it all goes together.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, we have some last questions that oh, yeah. um, we like to ask. Um, so I can start. If your belly button had a superpower. Like you push it and something happens and it could be anything. What would it be?
0: Well, yeah, I want to (laughs) fly. So yeah, it'd be my like push to fly (laughs) that.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So are you talking like it's about wings or like Peter Pan style or?
0: (laughs) Yeah, more Peter Pan style. Peter Pan, yeah. There's like some magic dust involved, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> trying to get to a berth in San Francisco during rush hour traffic, that sounds amazing. Right? Go.
0: But that's actually, like, <laughs> I'm thinking logistically, it would actually really help my life.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to
1: picture you, Leah, like you'd have to have like a midwifery backpack or something like.
0: <laughs> a duffel that goes with you.
1: you. You with like your bags on your shoulder, that just wouldn't work with flying
2: very well. Like Mary Poppins. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Well, so another question that we ask everybody, which feels very pertinent to me in my life because I have preteens and teenagers. Um, if you could go back in time and give a piece of advice to your teenage self, your young woman self, what would it be? Oh,
0: yeah that's a loaded <laughs> question hey
2: I'm Damn.
0: um i think i would tell myself that there are a million different ways to to look and feel like a woman mm. um you know i thank god i wasn't born around now <laughs> like with, with all of the, the gender confusion that happens. Um, yeah I just I I was so late to the game and understanding how amazing it is to be a woman mm-hmm. and and that I can be myself and be a woman. I mm-hmm. um, in how many ways I don't know if that fully yeah. makes sense but that that would have made sense to little Erica. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that it doesn't have to be in this like stereotypical box, you know? It can yeah, be- and I mean,
0: I still have to remind myself of that now, um, going into women's circles and stuff. Like, I'm not a real like fluffy, flowy sort of woman. And I, I have to remind myself that I can be fully myself and still, mm-hmm. still, Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for being willing to come on our show and thank chat. Thank you.
0: I'm fun. really
1: excited for everyone to get this information. I think it's going to take the charge out of like the all or nothing feeling that I think most people feel yeah. like they have to commit to.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can make it work for you. Um, and that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Great. Well, thank you again. Thank Perfect. you. Bye. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast@gmail.com. At you can find me Emma Ray on Instagram at Emma Ray, R E A. Sophia at SophiaBirth.com, and me Leah at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always,
2: stay wild.